Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys. Uh, I am going to be going to the Love Run next Saturday morning, and uh, but I, but I want to give you some freedom, you know, because like I don't love running, and so uh, I'm gonna walk it. I'm gonna have a donut in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other, because that's just how I roll. And so you roll however you want to roll. But I hope to see you next Saturday. You know, it's 8 a.m. Man, I don't run at 8 a.m. Now, uh, before I get into my message. Uh, I need to speak a word to those of you that call City Church your church, because we have some church business to take care of. And so uh, what I'd like to do is present to you the budget for this year, for 2019, and sort of break down for you how we plan to spend uh, the budget. And so our budget for 2019 is $3.8 million. And yeah, that's how, it, how much it takes to do church around here. And uh, so here's the breakdown. <coughs> Uh, 63% of it goes toward ministry and ministry leadership. Uh, 21% of it goes to pay our mortgage and the offices we lease and all of the bills that relate to that. So it provides the space where we do the ministry. And then 16% goes to administrative oversight. And so that means 84% of the monies donated here goes to provide the space and the people and the programs and services that serve our community. And so uh, if you'd like a more detailed breakout of how the monies are spent or how we spend it, I think we have a, a report together from 2018, you can stop by the Connection Pavilion and speak to our executive pastor, Michelle Jack, and she'll give you some information uh, where you can find that out. Now, $3.8 million breaks down to $75,000 a week, approximately. And that is how much it takes to provide all of the services and programs that we provide here to serve our community. And when you give here, those of you who give, when you give here, lives change here. And so if you call City Church your church, I do ask you to give here because it does make an impact. And I do pray that God will bless you as you give generously. Now, uh, 2019 at City Church is the year of purpose. And our desire is to, is to engage everybody and inspire every one of us to live with purpose. And this weekend is, is pretty unique because we remember someone who lived his purpose. This is the weekend that we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we celebrate his legacy. As a pastor, Dr. King became a pivotal leader in the civil rights movement. And movements, so get this, movements occur when multitudes of people live their purposes together for a united cause. And so we celebrate this weekend not just because Dr. King lived his purpose, he did. We celebrate his honor and honor him because he lived his purpose and inspired thousands of others to live their purpose in the face of adversity and conflict. Because for those people, many of them whose names we don't know, to live their purpose, they made decisions that cost them something. Are you willing to live for a movement that may cost you something? Now, when Dr. King was just 26 years old, he earned his doctorate, and uh, he had an opportunity to go back to his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, and pastor in a church with his, with his dad. His dad offered him a role to be like a co-pastor. That would have been the safe decision. That would have been the easy move. That would have been the comfortable choice. But that's not what he did. Instead, he took this small Baptist church, this obscure Baptist church in Montgomery, Alabama, and he did so for a reason. 
Because shortly after Dr. King took his new role, there was a young woman who lived in his community, a shy woman, a seamstress who took, kill, uh, took care of her ill mother. And she made a choice that cost her. On December 1st, 1955, this shy, introverted black woman got on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. She did sit in the Negro section of the segregated bus. When the white-only section became full, the white bus driver approached her and ordered her to give up her seat to a white passenger. When Rosa Parks refused, he had her removed from the bus, arrested, and she spent the night in jail. The next morning, community leaders contacted Dr. King and asked him to join with them to address this injustice in their community. And thousands upon thousands of other people whose names we don't know found a way, their unique way, to become a part of this movement that did change the face of our nation. But it all began, and this is my whole point, when a shy seamstress stepped up and lived her purpose, even though it cost her. You are here for a reason. God has a purpose for your life and you can live it. And he's given you an inner longing, a desire to live for something beyond yourself that's not about yourself. And he's given you unique abilities and passions and strengths and gifts to invest in this world, to make it a better place. And so in 2019, our goal as a church is to help you live your purpose. I hope to inspire you to believe that you do matter, that you can make a difference, and that you can uniquely make this world a better place. And you do that by living with purpose. And I think most people want to live with purpose, but I think many people feel like they just never get there. Why is that? I think it's because of the nature of purpose. So I looked up the definition of purpose in the dictionary, and this is what it said. Purpose is the reason for which something exists or gets accomplished. So purpose is the reason for which something exists or gets accomplished. So purpose, and, and this, this is so important, purpose then is a means to an end. It's not the end itself. Purpose is a means to an end. And I think that's so important. So I want to make sure we get this concept of being a means to an end. So, so let's think about some examples. So think about a shovel. What's the purpose of a shovel? A shovel exists to dig holes. It's a means to an end. Got it? Or think about a car. What's the purpose of a car? The purpose of a car, a car exists to transport us from here to there. It's a means to an end. Or think about an L.A. Laker. What's the purpose of an L.A. Laker? Well, there is no purpose of an L.A. Laker. I mean, it's a bad example. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, baby. Yeah. But you get where I'm going here. <laughs> purpose is a means to an end. And I think that's what causes conflict within us. Because sometimes when we think about purpose, we want to be the end. Because we want to live with purpose to make, 
make us feel good about ourselves and to feel significant. And, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself. I hope you feel good about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with feeling significant. I hope you feel significant. But ultimately, purpose is not about you. Purpose is about living as a means to an end. And I think that's what keeps some people from living with purpose. Because when you live with purpose, somewhere along the way, you will make a decision and you will take an action that costs you because it's not about you. And if most of us could be honest, we don't like that. We want to live a comfortable life. We want things to go smoothly. So we avoid drama. We avoid conflict. Our goal is to fly under the radar at work, right? Our goal is just coast into retirement. And because of that, many of us miss out on the opportunity to live with purpose. Because if you step out to live with purpose, then you have committed yourself to something that's beyond yourself that is not about yourself. And at times that will cost you. It cost Rosa Parks an uncomfortable confrontation on a bus, a night in jail, and I'm sure much more. It literally cost Dr. King his life. Living with purpose, it does have a price. But I think it's worth the price. Are you living with purpose? Are you willing to pay the price to live with purpose? Today, I want to talk to you about the price we pay to live with purpose. And, the, and I want to answer the question, why any of us, why all of us should want to pay the price to live with purpose. Now, if you've been here, you know we've been looking at how to live with purpose through the relationship that Jesus had with a young man named Simon as Jesus sought to help Simon live his purpose. And so I want to review where we've been so far, especially if you haven't been with us on this journey. So if you remember the first time Jesus met Simon, he gave Simon a nickname, a nickname of purpose. Does anybody remember the name? Peter. And what does Peter mean? Rock, rock. So Jesus gave Simon the nickname Peter, which means rock. And he gave him that nickname to cast vision for Simon to see himself as a person of purpose. Because in Simon, Jesus could see strength. He could see potential. He could see significance. And if you remember, we said that's an important part of us living with purpose too. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because God sees in us strength. He sees in us potential. He sees in us significance. And if you remember, uh, Jesus gave him this nickname, Peter, but he didn't call him Peter for two and a half years of traveling together. He kept calling him Simon, but two and a half years later, Jesus used the nickname Peter again. And it was in response to Peter's a response to a question Jesus asked him. And this is the question Jesus asked him. Who do you say that I am? After two and a half years of traveling with me and seeing me do all the stuff I did, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus, in essence, said, yes, that is who I am. And you're Peter. And at that moment, Jesus began to tie Simon Peter's purpose to Jesus' purpose. Because your purpose flows out of who you are, recognizing who you are, so that you will do what God created you to do. And before, before we move on, I, I do want to say wherever you are in your spiritual journey, I think that is the most important question that you will ever answer. 
Who do you say that Jesus is? Because Jesus wasn't satisfied with just being a good moral teacher. He wasn't satisfied with just being a profound uh, prophet or a powerful miracle worker. I do need you to know, Jesus claimed to be the son of the living God. And it matters. Because when you believe who Jesus is, he promises to forgive your sins, all of them. He promises to make you a child of God forever. And he promises to give you eternal life as a free gift. And when Simon said, you're the son of the living God, Jesus said, yes. Now, let me tell you about this movement that I'm starting. And so Jesus began to talk to Simon about this movement he called the church. And he called for Peter to see his purpose, living out his purpose within the purpose of this movement that Jesus called the church. And so this is the point I want you to get. He called for Peter to live for a purpose beyond himself, to live for something greater than himself. And when you live for something greater than yourself, it will cost you. And so today I want us to look at the, I want us to go back to that conversation that Jesus had with Simon Peter. We're just going to call him Peter now. As Jesus talked to Peter about living for his purpose, even if it cost him. You ready? All right. This is Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Peter included, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Okay, so it's clear here, Jesus is not just talking to Simon Peter anymore, right? Because three times he said, whoever, whoever, whoever. Are you a whoever? If you're a whoever, then he's speaking to you too. And I want to make sure that we do understand here, Jesus is not talking about salvation. He's not talking about how your sins are forgiven, how you go to heaven, how you get eternal life. Because if you remember, salvation is a free gift through faith in Jesus. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs him everything, but it didn't cost you anything. It's through faith in him that your, your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life. But what Jesus is talking about here, this is costly. What Jesus is talking about here is being a disciple, and a disciple is someone who lives God's purpose for their life, even if it costs them. And so this, this is the, pie, the price. This is what Jesus said. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, let's make sure we understand what it doesn't mean before we look at what it means. When Jesus says, deny yourself... He's not talking about thinking less of yourself. He's not talking about despising yourself or having a low view of self. Because remember, we've said that a part of living your purpose is seeing yourself the way God sees you. It's recognizing the inner strength that you have and the abilities you have and the potential that you have and the significance you have. So it's not like despising yourself and looking down on yourself. And, and some of us, come on, we were taught that to deny, to deny yourself, you have to really look down on yourself. And that's just not true. And that's not what Jesus is talking about. And denying yourself does not mean never thinking about yourself. So you always think about other people. You never think about yourself. No, that's not what it means to deny yourself. In fact, if you remember, a part of living with purpose is recognizing 
who God created you to be so you can do what he created you to do. And sometimes recognizing who God created you to be takes some time and some self-introspection and some honest you know, an examination of who you are. And that's okay. That is a part of living your purpose. Well, then what does Jesus mean by denying yourself? I think when Jesus is talking about denying yourself, he's getting back to that means to an end aspect of purpose. Because living with purpose involves being in a means to an end for something that is beyond yourself that is not about yourself. And because of that, it requires self-denial. Because when you're a means to something bigger than yourself that's not about yourself, it means there will be seasons in your life where you, where you will say no to what is in your best interest, but yes to what is in the best interest of others that God wants you to serve. You see where I'm going with this? That's what it means to deny yourself because there will be times, if you seek to live with purpose, there will be times where God's purpose for your life and your purpose for your life will collide. There will be times where what's in your self-interest will collide with the, the best interests of others that God wants you to serve. And when Jesus calls us to deny yourself, calls you to deny yourself, he's saying that when those times come, when the collisions come, say no to yourself and yes to God. Say no to what's in your best interest and yes to the, what's in the best interest of those God wants you to serve. And folks, that's what movements that matter are all about. It's about multitudes of us being willing to say no to what's best for me and yes to what's better for others. Now, a few months ago, my wife, uh, Barbara, and I had the chance to visit Atlanta. We were there for a pastor's conference. And while we were there, we took the opportunity to visit the Martin Luther King Jr. Visitor Center. And it was a very uh, inspiring uh, uh, place. And I just, you, you got to hear messages from Dr. King and, and sort of get his vision for how he led people as a pastor. Of course, as a pastor, I was particularly intrigued. And while we were there, one of my favorite pavilions uh, was my favorite because Dr. Martin Luther King, one of his favorite questions was a question of purpose. And so I took a picture of it. And this is what it says. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? Living with purpose means becoming a means to an end beyond yourself that is not about yourself. And that requires self-denial. Second thing Jesus said it requires is taking up your own cross taking up your own cross. Well, so what does that mean? I mean, I, I think we do understand he's not talking about going and like building a cross and carrying it, right? I, right? I mean, that would be silly. But, but for him, it didn't mean that. So I think we have to look at what it meant for him so we can understand what it, meant, what it means for us. For Jesus, taking up his own cross is when he obeyed his father's will and pursued his father's purposes for his life, even though it cost him. And so, in the early days of the Christian movement, the cross became a metaphor for when any one of us lives our purpose by obeying God's will, doing, doing what he wants in our lives, even when it costs us. Being a means to an end, living for something bigger than ourselves that is not about ourselves, even when it costs us. That's what he means by taking up your cross. Taking up your, your cross, it's about risk. 
It implies at time there might even be some suffering. Taking up your cross is not about what you get. It's about what you give. And at times when you live for something beyond yourself that is not about yourself, it will cost you when you take up your cross. So how do you recognize your cross? Because you might think, okay, Pastor Brent, you know, I want to begin to look and, and see what is my cross? What is God calling me to take up? Well, sometimes you recognize you, your cross out of a holy discontent within your soul that wrecks you. When you see an injustice that just compels you to make things right, when you see suffering that compels you to rearrange your life to end it, when you see a need that compels you to make a sacrifice to meet it, that's often what helps you to see your cross. Does anything wreck you? Does anything compel you to sacrifice for it, to rearrange your life for it? Like homeless families who have no hope or malnourished kids in our city who don't eat on the weekends or runaway teens who get trick, tricked into sex trafficking or children orphaned by death or dysfunction. Folks, it's what wrecks us that motivates us to live a life of purpose. And if any of these issues does stir something in your heart, what well, each of our social action partners that we partner with here in the city and in Chihuahua, Mexico, meet these needs. And so maybe a part of you living with purpose is rearranging your life to serve with one of our social action partners. But if you're gonna do it, you will have to make some sacrifices. You will have to deny yourself. You will pay a price. Sometimes you discover your cross out of a holy discontent, and that's a good thing. Sometimes you discover your cross out of the pain of your own story. So maybe you faced abuse in your life, or maybe you've gone through a painful divorce. Who else could better help others recover from their pain and find hope again but you? Maybe you need to get involved in one of our programs here at City Church that help people trying to overcome the pain in their lives or painful divorces that they've been through. Or maybe as a child, you felt belittled or ignored or unloved. Well, who better than you to help children believe that they are loved by God and that they are valued? Maybe you need to rearrange your life and pay the price to serve with our Kid City program or maybe with our City Youth program on Monday nights. Or maybe you've experienced painful crises in your own marriage. Well, who could better help couples who are in need of healing and hope than you? Maybe you need to rearrange your life and pay the price to serve with our re-engage re marriage program to help couples find hope again. What are you doing for others? If you want to live a life of purpose, according to Jesus, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him, even when it costs you. And, and so now I want to come back to my original question. Why? Why would anyone do that? I want us to go back to Jesus' words. You ready? This is uh, Matthew 16, 25. Because so, Jesus gave us a couple of reasons First, in verse 25, Jesus said this, <clears throat> for, because he's given us the reason, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find what? It. And what's the it? 
The it is life. It's the life that's truly life. It's the life that's a meaningful life. It's the life that's a life of significance. You don't get to experience a life of meaning and significance if you're not willing to sacrifice something. And so Jesus said, hey, man, you want to experience a life that feels like it matters? Well, sometimes you're going to pay a price. And, and that's, a, that's a good reason. Hey, it's Jesus, man. He's pretty smart. He gave a second reason. So later in verse 27, he said, for, okay, so he's given a reason to live your purpose, to take up your cross. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So now there's another reason. Because one day, Jesus is going to come again. He's going to come back to this earth, and he is going to reward those of us who have denied ourselves and taken up our crosses. And that's, that's a good reason, you know? I think those are good reasons. But can I be honest with you? Man, that's a, that's a, that feels like a long time off. <laughs> I think there's a greater reason. I think there's a greater reason to live your purpose, even if it costs you. I think there's a greater reason for you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. So there, uh, there was a season in my life where my family felt that, that we were supposed to deny ourselves and, and serve another person. And so uh, we, we met this young woman who, uh, she was orphaned as a child in a foreign country, and she experienced some very painful situations, as you can imagine, there. She was eventually adopted into our country, but then faced abuse when she arrived here. The point at which we came into her life, she needed a place to live and some people to care for her. And so my, my family prayed about it, we talked about it, and we made a choice. And it did cost us. We made a choice to take her in. And so we rearranged our home, we rearranged our finances to take her in. And I, 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 wanna, I had a kid in college at the time, and I had another child getting ready to start college. But we made the decision to, to serve her during this season of her life. And this decision, it cost us time, it cost us emotional energy, and it did cost a lot of money. And I have to be honest with you, it was very challenging. And at times, it was painful. And you know what? We never got our Disney moment. You know what I mean by that? You know how all the Disney movement, uh, movies, you know, you, come, you, go, you see the conflict, you see the challenge, you see the crises, you see the pain. And then all of a sudden at the end, the movie, everybody's happy, everybody smiles and they go, well, it never happened. So why do it? Why, why live for something greater than yourself that is not about yourself when it costs you? I think there's a greater reason than rewards. I think there's a greater reason than even knowing you're living a significant life. You see, the greatest reason to live for a purpose beyond yourself that's not about yourself, the greatest reason to deny yourself, to take up your cross and to follow Jesus is the reason that God gave his son and it's the reason that Jesus gave his life. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The greatest reason to live your purpose, even if it costs you, is love. And when you love, you will find the greatest meaning in your own life because when you love, you are like God because God is love. 
And that's why I'm asking you to live your purpose, no matter what it costs. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. We're going to take communion in just a moment, but I want, you to, I want to lead you in a prayer because I, I, want, I do want you to know that God loves you. Before you get your act together, he loves you. And that his son loves you. That's why his son gave his life. And if you've never believed in him, believed that he is the son of God, I invite you to do so today. And so I'm going to ask if everybody would just close your eyes for a moment. I want to honor everybody's privacy. If you're ready to believe in Jesus, to put your faith and your trust in him, I want to lead you in a prayer before we take communion. And so maybe you would just whisper this prayer as I lead you through it. Are you ready? God, I believe in you. And I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe he died on the cross to pay for my sins. Thank you. And so I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to make me your child. Thank you, Lord. And Lord God, I ask you to do what you promised. You said that if we would believe in your son, that you would forgive us of our sins. So I ask you just to release those who prayed that prayer from the burden of guilt. And I ask that you would give them your Holy Spirit that you said you would give to everyone who believes and that you would seal within their hearts that they are now your children. And we thank you, Lord, for your love and for the way you gave. And it inspires us to want to love and give the way you gave too. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.